it never even entered my <laughs> head to do yeah. anything like that. And you should be worried that it's always in my head. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and that is just the difference between us there, Colin. You listen to the Basement Years podcast. Colin, what a tournament so far. And I know that we've only just watched the England game. And you're excited about that, right? I'm not at all excited by it. I live in Scotland now. <laughs> you forget this. It's been very depressing for us up here. But uh, and also the other thing is, because I, I work so much across Europe, all my European friends have been saying, why are the English so excited about winning a last 16 game? And so I have to hit it right back and say, it's historic. We've just beaten Germany. Apparently that's historic, but um, it's a bit embarrassing really, Simon. But it no, is. I'm excited too <laughs> for you. Well done. Well Thank done, you. you. Thank <laughs> you. So when, when this goes out, uh, we would have actually played another game, which we don't know about. As this is going on, my team in my fantasy Euros is Sweden, okay? And uh, this is my team and I have no idea how they're doing. So... Um, so I'm very, I'm very excited by Sweden, less so by England. But there you yes, go. and um, yes, no, indeed. And also because like you were a little bit disappointed, weren't you, when you got the group stages of this fantasy team and you just thought, my team's not going to do anything at all. But Sweden have really come through for you. I, I had Sweden, Turkey and Scotland. How's that for a, a bunch of sort of Swedes, Turks and Scots? An extra voice. Did you I hear that hear. voice? Oh, did, did you, you hear, hear that voice? voice? But whose voice is it? Um, well, we have a special guest this week. Debbie was amazing, wasn't she, the other week? Yes. And that was yes. just really quite powerful. And even listening back again, I've just been really quite, I'm not just encouraged. I have been really encouraged yeah. um, to, yes. to see to see what she's saying. So, um, and I kind of like dreaded this moment, bringing back this, <laughs> this lady, because like she was my team leader, right? And she was harsh. You know, she was loving, but she was harsh. <laughs> And she had every right to be hard. <laughs> if, if you want to start going down that route, we're very happy to do so. If we want to talk about the we early talked, years, we talked about God. we talked about that with Tim, didn't we? We, we, we I did. said to you, I said I was grateful for your your correction and your distance. Harsh but loving, isn't that what everyone needs? Ladies and gentlemen, who is this, Colin? Come on, introduce. Well, it's, it's wonderful tonight because actually I have two of my favourite people. Back in 1989, I went up to this amazing <laughs> place called Clibbery Mortimer. There is such a place. It's not, it's not a, a children's cartoon series. It's for real. And there I found four people who I think I put in the back of a Volvo or something. And uh, no, 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 better still. I think you traveled down in an old Morris Minor, Mr. Tuck. It was in that, uh, let me see if I can remember everyone. We had Jackie and we had Charmaine, we had Simon Tuck and we had the one, the remarkable Ms. Elizabeth Wood as she then was, <laughs> if she could. Yes, so sorry, and, that, we, and I cannot still say her name without saying Liz Wood if she could. I can't even. I can't. Liz Wood if she could. Would it, she she would have so, ladies and gentlemen, Liz, now not Wood, if she could, she still can, right? She so. can't. No. Well, she's now she's now Liz Holford Wood, if she could. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, got the Wood in there. So, Liz, welcome. Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm the last of the Uds. I've got, oh. I've got two sisters. None of us have got any children. We are the last. 
wow. of the woods. So yeah, I thought I'd keep it. That. Yeah. Were you even involved in the Three Trees play, Liz? Yeah. Uh, well, I wasn't in it. I think I helped do things like make things or whatever. Or but move no, that incredibly heavy, in triangular, stupid stage on the, <laughs> sit around on wheels that didn't really bend anywhere. With that, can Chris I just say, before we start talking about Liz Wood, can we just can we just do a tribute to the three trees? Because I was thinking about it the other day as I was cooking my Sunday roast or doing whatever I do when I'm eating the next door neighbours food. And I was thinking about the three trees and what a remarkable production that was. And I think it only had one or two, one or two sort of showings, but it was quite remarkable. I, I still sing along to um, some of the some of the songs about being seasick or something. I can't remember what it is. <laughs> It was just, it was such a great idea of having a three set turn. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Rather than, yeah. um, but it was just humongously heavy on those <laughs> wheels that nobody quite thought of. And then when okay. people stood on front of the, the boat at the top, because it became a yeah. boat at one point, didn't it? With Jesus yeah. and the waves. You couldn't yeah. really quite see them if you were sat right at the back <laughs> because their head was up in the top. <laughs> Where where the 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 the, um, the the screen comes down, so um, the yeah, that's down. why it never quite made it onto the oh, West End. Then maybe. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Liz Wood, yes, good. yes, strength of the team, holder of the uh, the power. Do you know what I mean? The commander of all things, keeping even Colin, Chris, and Tim in shape. I I think I remember right, Liz. <laughs> Something like that. She was actually our very first uh, leading lady to be honest. And uh, I, I think about that, actually, because these days we uh, work across the globe and we're, we're working hard at seeing young women step into the calling that God's given them into leadership and, and everything like that. And, you know, so many ways, Liz, you shaped a lot of that, that thinking in, in my life. So there you go. That's the legacy. Well, and I suppose when I think about it, just the opportunity to ha have that, you know, the the opportunity mm. of sort of being on a leadership team, I suppose. When I look mm. back now, I think, gosh, I was so young. I was so no, young. We <laughs> you know what I mean? And you yeah, just think, gosh, <laughs> you know, but you didn't think about it at the time. No, you, you, know, you, always, you always think you're, you know, much older than you are or, yeah. or whatever, but you think, gosh, I was so young. Yeah. But wow, what an opportunity. What an yeah. opportunity. What would be a lasting memory of the basement years? Um, Liz, what would be oh, that, that would take away or a couple of things that would kind of like strike you as being oh, some of the man. funny things or the things that you remember? I mean, some of the daft things, I just love, you know, the Grease Lightning video. That's just, <laughs> 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 I think I could watch that forever and still just crack up laughing. Um, you know, uh, I, st I remember the camps so much. They were just fantastic you know from the spiritual side of things and the and that time to input into into lives but also just the fun and the creativity um and the the craziness and i was thinking the other day also the retreats those team mm. retreats mm. that we used mm. to have at mm. downside abbey because um i sort of the church i go to at the moment does a does a is a lot more into kind of retreats and that kind of thing and um and I thought yeah right back then all those years ago it was kind of modeled that you know go away um as a team and have that time with God that time with prayer that time to invest in one another 
so I do remember those times at, at, at Downside. I, I was also thinking to kind of good, bad memories, uh, blowing up the minibus. I think I did that. <laughs> no, I, yeah, yeah. Me and minibuses really don't get on. I, I had a few bad minibus moments when I was teaching in secondary school as well. And, uh, and losing the keys on the beach. I do yeah, remember that. Can, you, you need, can I tell the rest of this story? Well, when was because, this? Well, we, Liz... It was um, Torquay, I think, wasn't it? It was. Uh, yes, yeah. it was. Liz, Liz, I remember most for her French connection. Um, Which, uh, I've still and, got it, you know. <laughs> no, no way. <laughs> yeah, I still wear oh, it. That's Not, amazing. It's, it's actually become the painting top now. Oh, okay. So that. it's covered. It's very avant-garde. Oh, you know, nice. it's got it lots of It was fantastic. It was very stylish. But, and, but you also wore these dungarees. I do remember the dungarees. And the yeah. reason I remember the dungarees so well is because of the infamous part they play. In yeah, this I know. I've never because... worn them since, I tell you. <laughs> We had um, we had this. Uh, in fact, it wasn't a minibus. It was a it was a van that um, Carriage Brewery gave us, and I, I remember this very well because we won it in a lottery actually with Carriage Brewery. But we just didn't have the courage to tell the dear faithful brethren of Muller's that we'd <laughs> won a beer wagon in a lottery. So so we made. Ben Lilly paint over <laughs> over all the courage logos and everything on the side and he nearly died in the process and he had to have two attempts it was all very I won't go into the whole story but it's quite hilarious but anyway we only had one set of keys to this van and Liz lost them on the beach in Torquay and we had everybody scanning <laughs> this beach everybody was scanning this beach then Liz <laughs> And I, I do respect you for this, Liz, because I'll tell you what I would have done in a moment. Very sheepishly <laughs> came in and, um, and produced these keys, which had been in a top pocket, because this dungarees had so many mm. pockets. She'd forgotten that she had one right at the top. And uh, But Liz, you missed a beat there because what you should have done was drop the key and then said everybody let's stop and let's just pray <laughs> and get God to speak into this situation and then pray a really profound prayer and then point with your finger down and <laughs> point and you dig it out and there's the key you see you that would have been think, a I think you should be glad that it never even entered my <laughs> head to do yeah. anything like that and you should be worried that it's always in my head yeah I know, I know. <laughs> and that is just the difference between us there, Colin. It was, it was that song, wasn't it, that Simon and Simon did? Oh, come to camp. Let's let's have a party or something like that. Oh, yeah, come to camp. Like let's have a party. No, no. And then you it were sat. I don't remember yeah. that one. No, and then you sat on a on top of a roof. I think it was with Chris Curtis every night. Is that talking? Yes, in Turkey. Yes, it was talking. The bird. Uh, with with Richard Hathaway sticking yes. his head up out of the chimney. And that yep. was it, wasn't yeah. it? That's where it all came from. He put his head up through the chimney and said, Liz would if she could. <laughs> That's wow. And that we're back origins, to origin stories. Origin yeah. of the story. Uh, we're talking to Liz Wood now, of course, Liz Holford. And uh, we'll be talking to her more after this. So, what was the passion that made you join You for Christ in the first place? Was that the same passion? for faith that you had when you went to Bolivia and what was happening in between? Before I joined Youth for Christ in 89, I think I really felt that I wanted to make a difference and express my faith and commitment to God by being in full-time Christian work. I saw that the way I could do that was working with young people in going to 
joining YWAM, the purpose was to kind of really test out a call to work with street kids. So mm. on the sort of similar theme of working with young people, I'd been a youth worker in my church in Swansea, where I was at the time, and just felt I wanted to make a difference, felt God's heart for that situation. Though interestingly, after a, a year in, in Bolivia, I really didn't feel God was telling me to stay there. Yeah, so, I mean, you talked about passion. Yes, I think, yeah, a passion to listen to God and do what he said and see him make a difference in people's lives. I think that, you know, that was a sim very similar passion in that, in that sense, yeah. Why aren't you doing something now then, or, or are you doing something now then that still fulfills that passion and desire? Well, that's, that is an interesting question because, you know, let me, let me say this before you answer, because I yeah, remember that when we worked together, I did this whole one of the Youth for Christ. They asked you to do lots of things about like and one of it, one of the questions that I answered was about knowing God's will or knowing what to do next or what God was doing, because mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. spoke about it together. I remember we talked about it together. And it, even I think at the time I had some simplistic viewpoint on, on whatever it is. But I think one of the things that I have learned that from my year out in Norwich for Christ before coming back to Bristol was someone there just told me to be faithful where you were. Whatever you did, yeah. just be yeah. faithful where you were. All my time through university, you know, from my time when I was uh, getting to know God in my teenage years, I felt that I wanted to serve God in the best way I could. And that that was in full-time Christian work and I suppose I thought that if you weren't doing something like full-time work for God or that perhaps being in a normal job was slightly yeah not quite serving God in quite the same way and I would definitely say I have a different view of that now when I came back from Bolivia and I went back to my church in Swansea I just had that feeling that it was time for something different I just felt the spirit say it's time for something different you know that the end the sort of the the end of the sort of youth work era for me w was over um and that there'd be something different someone came up to me at church one of the Sunday mornings and said Liz I just think God's saying to you it's time for something different it's time for a change and I thought well that's the kind of confirmation you need for a mm. big decision like that and I kind of was at the point where I thought, well, what do I do now? You know, if the sort of youth work season is over, which I definitely, you know, felt it was, what do I do? And I thought, well, you know, I can teach German, I can teach English as a foreign language. I, but I felt God say, stay within YWAM at that time. And I thought, well, what am I going to do in YWAM? I just sort of thought, well, teach English. And I, I because I hadn't done my discipleship training school in the UK I didn't know any Y1 bases in the UK really so I just rang up Harpenden base and said because I thought that was like where the national office was and said you don't teach English do you and they said well actually yes we have a English and cultural orientation program would you like to come and have a look so I thought oh go on then so I came down to Harpenden and was introduced to everybody on the programme. So they basically had people who were working on YWAM teams or wanting to go into international mission. A lot of people from Korea and Brazil and a lot of these 
what were emergent sending nations at, at the time um, would come to, to Harpenden for a year, learn more English, learn how to minister cross-culturally and then sort of go off to join their different teams wherever they were. So um, in 2000, I ended up up there and I felt that this was just where God wanted me and, you know, teaching English. Um, and then in 2004, when that, that course closed, I still felt God say, you know, I realized I was so at home with people of other nations and hospitality for people from other, other cultures. And I mean, when I was at school, I'd always loved languages and other cultures. And, you know, I studied German and Dutch at university and I studied French, German and English at, at you know, and Latin at school. And it was almost in a weird kind of way, God bringing me back round mm -hmm. to something that was so me, essentially who I am, you know, and, and a love that I have. I love youth work and I love young people and I'm sure I was absolutely in the right place in all those years that I was, was with Mullers and doing youth work faithfully in the church and what have you. But I also thought how interesting that God's brought me back to languages and cultures and I've married somebody who's so into languages and cultures, mm -hmm. um, you know, that. Um, but it's not full time Christian work, as it, as it were. But, you know, I can feel like I'm 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 doing exactly what God's put in me um, and and serving in that way, even though I'm not doing anything overtly Christian, as it were. Colin, how do we prepare people to do a year out or to do a couple of years out? How do we prepare them to see that actually may that may not be what Liz is describing there is a she's back with the love that actually God has given her in the first place. But now how do we prepare people? To, because I've worked with a number of year team members who and I, I, I will take responsibility if it is. And I'm sure there's part of me should have maybe helped a little bit more. But some of them like fall away from faith, even after taking a year out or two years out. And it's a shame because it's almost a moment. It's like, well, are they just disappointed that God hasn't given them something else in faith? Or were they completely reliant on that year out being their faith? Simon, I think it's bigger than just a year out. I think it, it all, uh, how do we prepare them is by helping them ask the right questions. And the big question we tend to ask is, Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? And actually God says, no, that's, not, that's the wrong question. Actually, it's who do you want to be? Yeah, and we need to ask God, what do you, what, what do you want me to become? Who do you want me to be? How, would, how do you want to shape me? That actually is the key to life in all its fullness, if you ask me. The, the doing is just contextual. The, 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 the being is to do with character. It's, that's the substance. And that is what makes the difference. And uh, I, you're right. I mean, over the years, I've, I've had thousands of team members, literally. And um, many, many are disappointed. But it's not, I, I, it's not God who's let them down. It's because they've they've actually sought meaning, or purpose, or even identity, in in the wrong place. It's in what we do. See, as Liz said, Christian work is somehow different, and but we do that all the time in all sorts of spheres of life. And when I meet people who are either 
disappointed or dissatisfied or even feel let down, um, often it comes down to that. What I, I about 20 years ago, I, I started keeping a journal and I've kept it every day ever since. And, and I, one of the things I do is I, I go back and I look at what I was doing 10, 15, 20 years ago. But what's most significant is not what I was doing, but the questions I was asking myself. And I, I have to look at it um, and ask myself, am I still asking the same questions or have my questions changed and evolved and developed? And if I'm asking the same questions, I then have to say, Colin, what are you doing with your life? Because that's actually what's important. How is God actually shaping me? And everything else is contextual. I'm not saying it's not important that we don't do stuff for God, but that's not what God's interested in. God wants to partner with us. God can do stuff. God can do everything I did today. God can do without me, but he just loves doing it with me because it's all about what he, about enjoying that relationship. So I can spend eternity and the Lord can say, hey, do you remember that conversation we had with Simon and Liz? Wasn't that fun? And there's that sense in which we're building memories for heaven. But actually, the mem what really gives us that fulfillment, as I say, is what we're sensing God do in our lives, how he's shaping us more than through our lives and uh, what the world sees sees externally. And that's that's what I work with um, <laughs> these days. I really try to encourage that understanding. What we do is simply an expression of who we are in Christ. Find that identity in Christ and let the, let the outworking of it flow, but don't mm -hmm. find your identity in what you do because you'll be very disappointed. Mm. But that is the question, isn't it? Both Liz and Colin, that most people ask, what am I meant to be doing? What am I, I'm forgetting about the being right now. So, mm -hmm. I mean, um, before this, I worked in Christian radio, but now I work in Nando's. And mm -hmm. I, I can tell you the, the stories that people tell me about their, their relationships. Mm -hmm. I can tell mm -hmm. you the stories that I tell people I'm praying for them. Currently, mm -hmm. I'm working with a Muslim guy and we talk about faith and Abraham and Jacob and Joseph. And we talk about the things that are, you know, naturally associated, you know, but we are able to have a conversation. And I go, thank you, Lord. I, I'm just trying to be faithful wherever mm -hmm. I am, literally mm -hmm. in whatever I do. Do you know what I mean? Whether it's like in this or that or whatever and um so let's go back to to liz obviously that's really this is really important obviously so liz you where how on earth did you find dave you know got to my early 40s and i thought no what's go what's going on then you know why why is there why is there no one on the scene but you know when you look back you think gosh the wisdom of god mm. you know and um all i had to do was was wait a little bit longer yeah. so in the end I married my boss I always say <laughs> um so uh, David um was leading or had started the um English and cultural orientation program that I went to work on in Harpenden in 2000 and um he wasn't so directly related to the program at the time because he went on to be the Y1 base leader so he was sort of busy with all that kind of thing um and he was married at the time um but then in 2006 a couple of years after I left Y1 his wife left him and so he was on his own for a few years but obviously we still knew each other and then we kind of reconnected in 2009 started going out and the rest is history about a year after David's wife left he had to step down from the base leadership 
in in YWAM and he sort of eventually he left YWAM um, and had to get a job you know in his sort of early 50s and and he's someone else that you know worked for YWAM for 30 odd years and then had to suddenly find himself in a normal job so he's a personal trainer now I mean a massive difference but then he says he's had more chance to share the gospel and you know, be a missionary since he left YWAM than he has when he was in the mission organisation. And just the way he's able to sort of, like you, Simon, minister to people, you know, do life with people, share with people um, and, you know, provide a listening ear and and just have such spiritual conversations with so many more non-Christians than he was ever meeting when he was in you know, full-time Christian work, that uh, I think um, it's so important to see that you're building the kingdom wherever you are, through who you are, through your relationship with God, where you are, and not just in a sort of Christian context. So yeah, so that's that's how I met David through YWAM. Some of the things that we've discovered tonight already, just the whole idea of learning to be yourself and being the person that God has called you to be and then not worrying about what you're doing, but actually doing the things, you know, those things will be secondary in, mm. in everything that you are. And what are the, some of the things, Liz, do you think that if you could go back and say to yourself back like 20, 30 years ago, whenever 1989 was, what would you have told yourself to to remember at that point? Because I think I used to tie myself up in knots, mm. thinking, "Have I? Am I doing God's will? Am I doing the right thing? You know, am I? Am I? Um, is this what God wants me to do?" And you know, there were times when I thought, I thought the Christian life was supposed to be joyful, and it was supposed to be, um, you know. But I find myself more anxious about am I getting it right am I doing the right thing is God pleased with me you know am I should I be doing this more should I be doing that more and I I think I'd tell myself to just chill out a little bit more and sort of um not not worry about those kind of things but realize God loves us for who we are and relax in that a little bit more and if God wants us to you know to know something he'll tell us and we don't have to get so worried about well am I really doing God's will is this really right you know am I you know I felt like I was on a tightrope and Mm -hmm. I'd fall Mm -hmm. off you know if if I got something wrong and 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 maybe maybe it wasn't just me maybe there was a lot of teaching around at that time about you know the will of God and knowing the will of God and you can get it wrong and what's God's will for your life and Mm -hmm. um and like you were saying Colin I think you know, God is interested in, in who we are yeah. and and the character that we have and um, and love. I think one of the things that's come across to me more than ever um, is just the importance of, of love, loving people um, and in, in practical ways and you know what is the f- most important thing you know it's love loving people mm-hmm. and I think that has become much more central in my thinking 
even though it's completely and utterly central to the gospel I think it's not what you how much you serve or sacrifice it's how much you love people so and you can do that wherever you are whoever you are in any situation you can do that mighty five words to leave it there thank you very much liz (laughs) that has been great really insightful and i think yeah yeah there's lots of things we can pick up from what uh, what's been said tonight so um i think it's been really really helpful so um thank you very much colin thank you this is the last of the series for the moment right it is (laughs) <laughs> he doesn't know because I, I will have to tell him yeah Colin, <laughs> i just i just do what i'm told i yeah. just, I just show a, up and talk look, to amazing look, people it's yeah, lovely. Exactly. yeah and it's thank brilliant you. so so liz you are the final one in this particular series so thank you very much for being a part of series one uh on the basement years podcast and uh it's been so lovely having you on and um lovely to see you again yeah great to see you guys thank you for having me very much you listen to the basement years podcast liz wood and who was she could and she had and uh, she's now halford and colin <laughs> 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 <laughs>